Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today it's a Thursday and I'm delighted to be joined by JP Mason. How are you doing? Hi Paul, uh, sorry I missed last week. I was uh, was down in Leeds watching uh, a gig as mental people like me that love music do. Um, there was a guy playing down in Leeds that I wanted to go and see and so I was getting the train back up on the Thursday and I must actually plug this while I mention that. That's so... I was going to see two bands. One was uh, Lonely Tourist. Mm-hmm. They were opening for Jim Bob from Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Two band names that probably will fly over the head of many people. But um, I was a big Carter fan when I was younger. And, and Paul's a friend of mine. If I'm allowed to say that I've got friends on air, I don't know if that's frowned uh, <laughs> upon by, by some people in comments. But uh, I do have some. <laughs> um, and uh, they, he was opening for, for Jim Bob. So at the Brudenell Social Club, which is... One of my favourite venues in the world. Never mind, uh, never mind these shores. So uh, it was a great gig, sold out, and um, and I got this t-shirt. Paul's a Paul's a big Celtic fan, and he said, uh, "Can you wear that t-shirt?" And, and I said, "I've said I was going to do it anyway." So I'd, yeah, here it is. That's great to hear. Check out Lonely Tourist music. He's brilliant. He gets played on Six Music a lot. Steve Lamack loves him. Um, was formerly in a band called Odeon Beat Club who were also great, supported Snow Patrol at King Touch back in the day, way before I was working there, and um, supported Half Man, Half Biscuit as well. Some people might know who they are. All I want for Christmas. Aye, as a Duke Club <laughs> bag, away top. Aye, so, um, aye, so I missed last week, but I'm here to talk about Celtic and probably other stuff as well. Well, all stuff's fine uh, because the, the whole music vibe and angle um, will be discussed when we get round to that Celtic third kit. I've not spoken to you about it. You've got the Celtic jersey over your shoulder. You've got another jersey over your shoulder. We're going to link all that in. So you've opened up speaking about music and that will come back into the conversation when we're talking about the third jersey. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that because you put me in mind sometimes, JP, of my brother insofar as a football fan, um, it's taken for granted that they'll travel to see their team. They'll, they'll travel all over to see their team. But music fans, uh, like my brother, like yourself, um, are very much like that as well. Once you're into a band, you'll go just about anywhere to see them. And, you know, festival time, you'll, you'll travel all over, etc. Um, as well as your travels um, in a professional capacity when it comes to music, which, as I say, are documentary standard travels. Um, yesterday, 
I'm not going to say we got back to the football, but we got back to a sense of the, the normality of a game of football. So we could tune in live, for example. We could watch it. We could analyse it, cover it on here, JP, and then get a sense of where we are under Brendan Rodgers. Um, I do mention social media reaction quite a bit on this show, JP, because it's just a part of day-to-day life, but it's also a big part of gauging the reaction of, let's say, someone releases a new track um, or someone performs live, you can gauge the reaction of their fan base just by checking social media. And it's a bit the same when it comes to Celtic, isn't it? So yesterday I seen a lot of reaction to the game and we're going to cover the positives, as I say, but also we're going to take uh, on board where we need to strengthen because there are definitely areas for improvement in there, JP. So first and foremost, how good is it to be able to tune in and watch Celtic again? It was great. Um, I watched the first half. I had to uh, leave my flat to go and uh, and work. Um, worked a show last night with the Slovenian and the Irish entries of the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, <laughs> not a gig I ever thought I would be working in my life, but uh, hearing a sold-out St. Luke's sing back um, songs in Slovenian is certainly something I didn't think I'd ever hear. It was quite something. Um, band are called Joker Out and in their homeland they sold out an arena in 10 minutes so I mean wow. it must be a bit of a weird mindset to come and play smaller shows but I think they're, they're fully accepting of where they're at in terms of you know the, the, the rest of the world and whatnot. and it's all very well being big in your home country but once you step out of there and try to play elsewhere it's a bit different but um, so I, I, miss, I only saw the first half um and by all accounts, the second half was completely different to the first in terms of how the personnel lined up and how things went. And obviously, you look at the scoreline. I obviously looked at the scoreline on, on Twitter when um, I knew the game had finished and I saw 6-4. But my immediate reaction wasn't like, oh, my God, we got gubbed or in that. Because I saw the way it was going in the first half. It was, it was a bit uh, sporadic in terms of the bursts of play and whatnot, but I didn't think we looked that bad in the first half. I'm only basing, I've not seen the second half, so I can't comment at all, but uh, a friend of mine, Stephen Fairley, who I met at the Martin O'Neill event, Mm. uh, bad, remember the guy that I was talking to, then we realised we were at the same school and we were in the same year. (laughs) Just we hadn't seen each other for 20 years, but he, he put a tweet out yesterday just saying something like, oh, heart needs to go blah, blah, blah. And it was obviously a knee-jerk tweet after the mistake. But then Hart made a few really good saves after that to the point that you're like, well, I okay, he's got... I mean, every goalkeeper's got a mistake in them. De Gea had a mistake in him. was one of the most highest-paid keepers ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not of the school of thought that thinks that we should just bin Joe Hart and bring in somebody else because when we lost Fraser Forster, you find that you can go and spend five million on a goalkeeper and it doesn't work out. Precisely. Um, so I, I would he's got the trust of the dressing room quite clearly. I think he's got the trust of the manager given what Brendan Rogers has said about him so far. Although I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if, if the rumours are to be true that Seagrist is probably going to move away, that we'll get another keeper in. That would well it would be folly not to because mm-hmm. we're not going to rely on Scott Bain to get us through the season <clears throat> if something should happen to Hart. But I was encouraged. I thought Maeda was amazing. Uh, he continues to to sort of beat back the critics who say that he's not got it in, in his law. I mean, what was what the did, word? What was the word that was used? A fraud. <laughs> it was a, a fraud. fraud. I was going to say imposter there. Yeah, is a fraud. <laughs> a, a Japanese international who uh, whose numbers are are, are pretty good <laughs> uh, for a for not a, a a defined role really in the team. I mean, I guess he was a striker yesterday, but yes, yeah, he he, he, he just he plays all over the place, doesn't he? He's so fast. He's got so much energy. He'll be there at the end of the game he's there at the start of the game fair enough he maybe doesn't have the finesse that you would like him to have but as my friend Chris said to me yesterday if he had that finesse we wouldn't have him I mean if he had everything to his game that on top of what he's got and yeah there's no way we'd have held on to him and the idea of him signing a five year deal would have been 
fantasy, I would have thought. But um, no, it was good to see the, the, the team play again, watch a game again. It feels like a long time since we did. It was really weird seeing Brendan Rodgers on the, the, the sidelines. I'm still kind of trying to get my head around that as a, as a reality. But, I know. I mean, it's just, you rewind back four or five months and tell us that Ange Postacoglu is the Spurs oh, manager. No and chance. Chris, Chris Davies is his assistant. <laughs> and Brendan Rodgers is back at Celtic. And we're going to have wavy hoops. We're going to have wavy hoops for the, the home jersey. And we've retained John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan because I, I would have thought that Brendan Rodgers would have come in with his own team and that would have been a, a query. But I'm glad, like I've said before on here, I'm glad that, 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 that they were kept for the consistency and uh, because they've been part of a successful Celtic setup for the last, well, barring one season, they've been like, there for, well, Kennedy's been there for however, however knows how long, how many years has Kennedy been there as a coach? He, um, yeah, Rory Dyla's time. Mm-hmm. Rory Dyla's time. But, but you make a point there about Rodgers, and I'm just thinking, I, I had a similar thought yesterday when I seen him there, uh, you know, on the side of the park, and I'm thinking, will that become different will it become more of a reality do you think JP when players come in that are clearly Rogers players now th- this isn't me having a dig at our recruitment policy because our recruitment uh, system and strategy works so the players that are coming in I don't have an issue with them because I'm confident enough unless at all you know the wheels come off further down the road I'm confident enough that things are different between Brennan Rogers and the club so he brought up uh, in one of the presentations <coughs> that you know, there was an issue with recruitment because he was being presented with players that were nowhere near the quality he needed. And he actually spoke about having players who were there and players who were over there. So, you know, there was a, a real disparity between quality. But he, he then said that, obviously, he had spoken to the um, the people um, who, who deal with recruitment and he was happy and he was satisfied that the system that we have at the moment is going to work for him. So the two players with another two imminent that are coming in, you've got to just say, well, Brennan Rodgers has okayed him, he's rubber-stamped him. Yeah, all the work's been done previously, months previously. In Tilio's case, apparently two years ago was the first um, interest that we had in him. But you're confident enough, right, they're not Rodgers' signings as such, but he's okayed him, he's fine. He's ratified the deals, everything's cool. But I think he'll feel different once he gets the one or two bodies in, JP, that you're you're looking at them thinking they're definitely Rogers signings, you know, and there's been a few guys linked to us. Um, and I think that when I go back to the Ferrari around them coming in first time round and even that seeing a bit, seeming a bit surreal, because I mean, big, big name, you know, to bring in as a manager at that time, but he came in and there was boys that he brought in and you knew they were his men like Sinclair, like uh, Turi. So it was a wee bit different, but I, th- I just think the identity of the side at the moment is still Angie's identity but Rogers is standing there on the sidelines. <laughs> Once that changes a bit, you know, it will feel a, a wee bit more normal. I, I think anybody, myself included, that would be kind of concerned a little bit about these sort of so-called legacy signings, and obviously you're aware that there's been that issue in the past with Brendan Rogers and, and the recruitment that was uh, happening while he was there in, in the latter part of his first spell. But then... You could the, the players that are there uh, aren't his players either, but he's sanctioned new contracts for mm. Yogo and Maeda. So I kind of I, I don't get too concerned about the fact that obviously those if you take Antipostokoglu out of the equation, those players were brought into Celtic and those players were successful at Celtic because they're good players. Yes, they were coached well and everything else, but. It just it it should be the case, and you've said this before that it should be the case that we bring players in, and that they're of a, they're of a, a standard that fits Celtic rather than fits the manager. Yeah. We shouldn't be signing players just because we've got a high profile manager. We should be signing players based on their CV, their attributes, and everything else. So Tilio could quite easily have come in under Ange Postecoglou and and been hopefully the same success that he'll be under Brendan Rodgers. It just it, it should be more about the, the actual players and obviously the, the recruitment and the fact that they've been tracking Tilio for, what, two years, did he say? Mm, yeah. So yeah. that means that they've been watching probably everything about him. Like, it's quite weird to think that. It's kind of sort of almost Big Brother-esque, but, like, it's all been about, like, how he's developed 
as a person probably as well as as well as his you know the the sort of cold hard stats that everyone looks at and the the numbers and everything else but I guess they'll just be looking at how he's become on as a person um in the last two years and his ability to adapt as a young guy to being over here because who's to say that the Burnaby signing hasn't been a great success so far because maybe he has struggled to adapt to living here. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Maybe it's not. Maybe he'll never be a good player for Celtic. But maybe with another year uh, under his uh, in, in his locker, he'll be able to sort of develop further. People have made their minds up as they very very quickly do about players mm-hmm. and not. Kobayashi again was sort of thrown at the wolves yesterday. Starfelt again not good enough apparently. Um, it, it baffles me some of the things that you read uh, as comments. It's, if it wasn't any comments about how terrible the strip is, it's it's just negativity about the players. I know, it's I know. so wild. Like, I, I know that online is a is a, is a a dangerous place to to tread. But yesterday in particular, it seemed like people just were like, right, I'm going to load up both guns and and go for it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know the thing with that? It's, it's an interesting one. one. One example I'll use, actually, uh, in terms of a player coming in, having confidence that as a club we can sign players, um, is Craig Gordon. I mean, Lonadale had nothing to do with that, that deal. And he turned into, you know, top five uh, modern day goalies you know over the last period JP Mass Celtic supporting life certainly is up there Craig Gordon what he achieved at the club um, so yeah I don't have the concerns that I maybe did have when we were bringing in the likes of Bangura and Rami Gershon and you know right up to Ismail Osoro and players like that where you're thinking where, where's the strategy here this is just a player that's been presented to you by an agent and, and you've you've taken it. You've taken a punt on them. But with regards to the social media thing, obviously, you know, we've lived through it. There's going to be a generation of people, uh, JP, where it's, it's always been there. I, I always think back to things that you're born into, you know. Uh, you don't know what it's like before that thing was in place. It's omnipresent. And um, for virtually everybody, in fact, everybody that's alive uh, right now, Celtic have been omnipresent in their life, right? They've always been there. But when when we were younger, um, I mean, imagine the debut single by Wham! I can't because they've always been there. You know what I mean? And then you live through things that you see them um, growing and developing and all the rest of it. So show social media. I've got a, a bit of a, a view on it because obviously I've been on the wrong end of uh, a fair bit of abuse, I would say, over the last few years, um, simply for speaking about the club that I love and have done for a long, long time. But I've got my head around it and I think I know why it happens, right? Um, other than the hairdo and the Matalan jackets and everything else. And I, I do think I know why it happens. So when, you know, we, we've lived through the advent of the, the internet and I know that there was a version of the internet prior to the the one that we use in great numbers now, JP, right? But the thing is, when we went on to any kind of online site, we judged it, didn't we? We judged our meal. Um, we judged the hotel you loved it. You judged your eBay purchase or the movie you've just watched on IMDb or your purchase on Amazon. And we, we basically got trained into that's how you use the internet. You just judge everything, don't you? And then social media came along. So this was a new thing. This came after we had already learned these habits of don't like it, like it, negative comment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then we've started judging people and lives and opinions. 
and performances. And it's so natural now because it's embedded in our psyche that that's what you do on a phone. It's there with you virtually 24 hours a day. If it's not in your pocket, it's lying next to your bed. It's there constantly. So that judgmental thing, over a period of time, became normal. Exactly. So... If you appear on somebody's phone, you're, you're just an inanimate object, like the, the purchase of a toilet plunger that you've just made on Amazon. So you'll judge the person as much as you'll judge the object. So I don't take it personally now, I think is what I'm saying, and I understand why people do it. Um, and I did mention I got my first one-star review for the Celtic Jersey book during the week as well. And I'm not taking it personally, even though I've mentioned it twice on the show. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really keen to get everybody's thoughts on the action yesterday. Paddy, you're in nice and early. Paddy Lavery, goalkeeper badly needed. We're going to come back to this because I wrote an article last week, JP, about the 10 players that personally I think we could offload and it wouldn't really make a difference because they're not really contributing in any case. And they're 10 players who are deemed first-team players. I kind of based it on the fact that Brendan Rodgers likes a 17-man core group um, and a 25-man squad. He spoke about it. We've currently got 38 in the full-time um, team and the squad, three of which are out on loan. And I thought, well, you know what? We've got probably space to, to get rid of 10. Um, and, I, and now I'm talking about footballers like the commodity. Just get rid of them, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's not as easy as that. And um, I did have Bain in there uh, because I, although he's signed a new contract, you know, he's still our player. And if the manager comes in and doesn't fancy him, we can still sell him. Um, Bain might get flipped for Seagrass, I don't know. But what I did say is if we were to offload one more goalie, having already um, offloaded two so far, uh, we would need to bring in another goalie. That wasn't really on Joe Hart. To be fair, that was more in the in the case of we, we need bodies. You need three goalies, don't you, in a season? And you need that fourth goalie to be a, a young Toby Ubalayemi type. So, yeah, I do think we, we need a goalkeeper. And if you're going to bring one in, JP, I guess that you've got two options. You either bring one in who is an understudy. This is what Jared was talking about yesterday. Or you bring in one who is actively challenging at heart for his gloves. Um, so I, I do think... You know, we will bring in a goalkeeper, but not whilst we've still got Seagrist and Bain on the books. We don't want to get back into that situation where we've got four or five goalies. Well, I'm sh- well. Brendan Rodgers has said in recent interviews that I've read uh, that he's having talks with players, and and, and right now there's an as a kind of ongoing assessment. Like he's not just going to come in the door, take a look at a player for five minutes in training and be like, right, I don't want him, or yes, I definitely want him. He's got to assess how they are over over the course of maybe even how they interact with the players while they're mm-hmm. away in Japan. Like He'll be watching all of that to see what sort of... Is uh, that why we're keeping James McCarthy good around the dressing room? Uh, <laughs> who knows? I, I, that, that, that. We spoke about that when he signed and we were like, right, let's see how much game time he's had in a year's time. And in that year's time, he didn't play hardly at all. It's now been, what, three? Is it three years? We're going into the third season. Yeah, aye. And the amount of football he's played versus the amount of money that he's raked in is is not really palatable for someone who spends a lot of money on Celtic. (laughs) And, And I do. I'm one of thousands of people that buy a season ticket every year. And, you know, you don't want to see money... No disrespect to him, I'm sure he would have rather it worked out and he he was a decorated Celtic player that had earned his medals and all the rest of it. But when things aren't working out like that, you kind of need to cut the cord in some way, like whether yeah. it's a loan move or whether it's a ripping up of the contract. Again, that's just that's just sort of putting an, an, um, an, a, a plaster on it because you're still spending the money to end the deal, aren't you? And Aye, I guess um, he'll be having the conversations with the players, I'm sure. And if he's had a conversation with Ben Segrist, and Ben Segrist has said, "Look, I've, I've, you know, got personal things going on, girlfriend in Australia, whatever it is, I'm not sure I want to be here long term, or, 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 or I'm not up for the fight, or I don't see myself being number one, or whatever, that, whatever the case may be. If that is the case, then obviously we need to uh, look at." finding him another club and then at that point get somebody in who will be looked at as a potential number one a a real a realistic potential number one 
I don't think any did anybody really think that Seagrass when he came in was going to was going to become Celtic's number one because I, I didn't. I saw him as being a a, a really good backup to mm-hmm. Joe Hart. I didn't see him dislodging Joe Hart. Um, if Paddy's comment about needing a new keeper is based on Joe Hart's mistake yesterday, then I think that's a bit harsh because people can make mistakes. Players made mistakes all over the park yesterday, no doubt. Um, some were picked up, some weren't, weren't punished, um, and you know, passes misplaced. A pass misplaced can lead to a goal. Yeah, it might result after another couple of passes, but that initial ball that's given away can lead to the breakdown in the defence in the midfield that leads to a goal where the keeper can't do anything about it. So when I saw Joe Hart do that, my immediate thought was, was oh, we need a new keeper, and and certainly by the end of the half. He'd made enough saves to make you think, right, okay, this guy's not the... I mean, he's, he's almost been made out to be kind of like a has-been. He's 36. In goalkeeper terms, that's not that old. Um, I don't. I, I, I'm, I would hope that I'm not the only one flying a flag for, for Joe Hart at this point because I, I see him being, being able to bring too much else to the table. And I, and I wouldn't just be like, oh, well, we'll just keep him because he's a strong figure and he's got experience and he's good in the dressing room. He's also a, a good keeper. He's not. He's not a bad keeper. Um, and if if this is to be his last season, um, then I would rather he went out as number one at the end of this season or this current coming season, and we have somebody else already in situ who he's worked with and he's sort of been able to pass on that experience of being a Celtic keeper to with a view to. I mean, that would be the discussions I would be having if I was. Brendan Rodgers and an agent and everyone else be like, well, well, the the type of keeper we want to get is somebody that we see as being the number one from next season, being Mm -hmm. very in this season, but to be number one next season. I mean, if if you look through the amount of goalkeepers we've brought in, um, JP, over the time, and I'm talking about kind of backups almost brought in as a backup. Um, When we had Boric and we brought in Zaluska, remember? Quite a Mm -hmm. similar type of signing, actually. A goalkeeper who was standing out in Scottish football for Dundee United, as it happens. Um, and you bring him in, you think, ah, it's safe enough as a backup. I think Segrist was very similar to that. Um, and over the time, you know, you know, there's been quite a few goalies we've brought in. Um, remember Brown? We brought in uh, Brown from Inverness, Cali Thistle, Matt Brown. Uh, Matt Brown and, and it's as if they're never going to play, but they're just kind of bench warmers. It's unfortunate that we don't have someone who is coming through the ranks because even... Uwala Yemi was was brought was brought in from Spurs youth setup. You know, it's not like he's Callum McGregor having been at the club since he was an embryo. You know, and then we've brought him through, and then you can get him to to train with Joe Hart. So yeah, I think that it is something that will depend on the future of Seagrest as much as uh, Joe Hart. But we will see more signings coming in. There's plenty to talk about, and uh, I'm keen to bring in. The comments, double denim, you're in. Uh, lots of positives in the game yesterday. Sides still has really good attacking depth. Defence needs strengthening. And yes, possibly a goalkeeper. But firmly believe we'll be in good shape for the season. I think we will be as well. And and you've just got to remember, <coughs> you know, we're talking about that comment that was made um, just last week about Celtic being weaker. It's actually Chris Sutton that made it. We're weaker uh, than we were last season. And I think you're basing that on one player. You're basing it on Jota. But then you look at, right, okay, Let's compare Ange to Brendan. What does Brendan bring to the table that improves us as well, JP? Because I'm sure there are plenty of things that Brendan brings to Celtic that is going to improve players, it's going to improve performance, shape. Um, and ironically, ironically enough, I think defensive as well. I think Brendan will improve that defence. I think he'll definitely do it. And when you're shipping six goals in a friendly, it's never nice. I remember the feeling when we did that against West Ham two years ago, but it was nothing like that yesterday. It didn't feel the same sting yesterday as I did that day. I, I watched that game and thought we're in trouble against West Ham. We were all over the shop. Um, I didn't really get the same vibe yesterday. I'm, I'm basing a lot of my view on yesterday's game on the first half. Um, I think we tired really badly and then the players we brought on, they played, you know, the, the side had no real shape after that, JP. It was just like chuck a lot of bodies on and, and hopefully it'll work and it didn't work. But on the Dysameda one, right, I was just looking through 18 months he's been at the club. He was signed for something in the region of 1.6 million quid, right? He's now 25. So we've had him for best part of two years. 71 appearances, 19 goals and 12 assists. And he's a type of player that you just looked at, you thought, 
under Ange, he was always going to play because of what he brought to the team. He allowed you to play the high press. His work rate was unbelievable all over the park. Um, one really bizarre game last season against Hibs at Easter Road where he seemed determined to get sent off. Don't know what that was about. But I've always thought about him as a left winger. And Liam Carrigan continually told me through that period, you know what, he's a centre forward. But you, you just could not think of Kyogo not playing. Um, since Kyogo's come at the club, he's got to play. And because of that, he's seen off Yakamakas. So Maeda's adaptability has got him a lot of games, JP, if centre-forward is his preferred position. Um, he's played there in, in 45 minutes, scored a hat-trick, missed two other chances, one of which was an audacious effort from about 40 yards. And you're looking at him going, wait a minute, Liam Carrigan's right here. He is a centre-forward. Now, it doesn't change my view on Kyogo. Kyogo is by far and away the number one choice up top. We've got O as a backup. He is that guy you're talking about as a goalie, somebody who can learn from the, the number one pick. O is that guy up top. And then you're thinking, well, Maeda's a great option now as a, as a third option through the middle, which I didn't really, uh, I didn't buy into that idea until probably yesterday, even though he represents his country there. Does it change your mind on us? Um, or maybe your, your mind was already set Uh on us going out and getting another centre forward. I did think we needed another forward. I'm watching that yesterday thinking, you know what, we're pretty well covered now. I, I don't know. I, I would still like to get in a, a striker, or like a proper a proper number nine. I mean, I know that sounds like fantasy because they, they cost a lot of money and we need, we'll need to have done our homework really well to find somebody that no one else has found that, that we'd come in and do the sort of business that we want. And that said, maybe sounds a bit greedy because we have got Kyogo and uh, he's so good. But Kyogo has missed time as a, as a Celtic player. I mean, despite his amazing goal uh, return, mm-hmm. he's missed quite a lot of uh, games, hasn't he? I mean, he has. Well, good, a good two to three months, maybe more. Mm-hmm. So... It's at least three months over the piece. At least yeah. three months. Yeah, and maybe people would think that that's that's natural, um, but I, I I would still be concerned if if we got if we picked up a couple of injuries and were mid sort of mid October into November, you don't want to be in the Champions League where you're having to play players that you don't want to necessarily. You wouldn't necessarily play. Uh, you know, like last season we were playing uh, Jens and who played centre half at Real, at Real Madrid away? Was it Jens and Starfelt? Starfelt, yeah. Starfelt came back in for that game, actually. Yeah. Yep. After, after having been out for a while as well, he, like he was kind of suddenly back in the t- in the team. So I don't know. I, I would be I'd be slightly nervous if we're looking to compete on all fronts, Champions League and the and the, the league in the two domestic cups. There's a lot of football and you don't want to be burning guys like Kyogo out because we saw what happened when we pushed him back too soon and he broke down uh, against St. Johnston. St. Johnston, uh, Joey Dawson came on that day. Yeah, I mean, that that's where you don't want to find yourself. So, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. I, I, I would be my reference that we would go out for an, a, another striker because um, Maeda it obviously shows his flexibility and, and those stats that you read out that doesn't I don't think that tells the full story about his contribution over the last 18 months because it, it doesn't record him just appearing out of nowhere and harrying somebody who's got the ball and just just running into them and just making his presence feel and dispossessing that player see the amount of times I've seen him do that I mean that that that's like more than 30 40 times I've seen him do that and how valuable is that if somebody's looking to make a break up the park against you and then all of a sudden Maeda just appears I mean opposition players must hate playing against him oh absolutely 
I, I, I would imagine that there's definitely been chat about when a Celtic team is read out before a, before a game. There's no way there's not been a good few occasions when opposition players have been like, oh, no, that might be this plane. Absolutely. Of course, he probably got the best assist of the season last season. That goal against Rangers for Jota, Jota's header at the back post. It was unbelievable. You know, he's so active, so alive to what was yeah. going on. I think yesterday, what it most showed me, although there's a discussion to say that maybe he is our third choice uh, striker, uh, despite the fact that uh, lack salt and vinegar, or vinegar, sorry, Maeda is not a top level striker, but I think that what he could be is he could certainly be a third choice striker for Celtic. But what it does show and what it does highlight uh, yesterday, him playing through the centre, is that we're a lot weaker on the left hand side. Um, you know, Haksabanovic is a, a major drop down from Jota. A lot of players would be, it's got to be said. Who else have we got on the left hand side, right? I know Abada can play there, but I think he's more effective on the right. Mikey Johnson can play there. He's on my list of 10 that I think should leave the club. So it does show you that, you know, if Maeda's not on the left, you're not getting as much down the left as you would you would like. What we saw yesterday was most of our attacking play came down the right-hand side. And, you know, I asked before the game, JP, around the, the way that we use the fullbacks under Rodgers. Obviously, we've been um, playing inverted fullbacks for two seasons. Awata was uh, put in there at right-back quick check of some of these Japanese appearances would show that he's played there quite a few times in the past. I thought he looked pretty comfortable. I'm going to be honest. I, I did have concerns after his first couple of attacks. I thought he was limited. He ends up getting himself an assist. Mostly what we did went down the right-hand side. Abada had a great game. We'll come back to him. Um, but I'm, I'm now looking at the left-hand side and thinking how weak that is at the minute, uh, certainly without Maeda. Uh, Taylor and Maeda is, is going to make it a lot stronger but then there's that question about do you strengthen le the left back area because Taylor is perhaps going to be a different left back if he's not playing the inverted role JP mm. so it does it begs all these different questions but Abada is somebody who is in the news Fenerbahce apparently um, are looking at him someone has said here that if uh, Dominic uh, Lekafagic is that his name? Lekafagic yeah, um, if he is still available, we should go for him. We were linked to him, but it looks as though Fenerbahce have won the race for his signing. Can I say that? It sounds a bit tabloid. Eh? They've won the race <laughs> for his signing, and he'll be jetting into Turkey very, very soon. Uh, but Leo Abada um, is on the radar of Fenerbahce. When you read the links and you read the speculation, and they're coming from Stephen McGowan, you get a bit worried, don't you? Because Stephen McGowan is generally pretty on the money. Um, uh I kind of like flip flopped with Abada because I, I I was resigned to losing him. I thought he mm. would be one of the first to go, and then all of a sudden, Jot is away to <laughs> Saudi Arabia, and, and you're kind of thinking, wait a minute, if Abada's going as well, and Jot has just gone, and Hatai keeps getting linked away, that that is starting to look a bit concerning in terms of the weakening of the squad. Because uh, I, I mean, Abada, despite not being a a first team. Regular. I mean, he's not. I don't know how many starts he's made, but it can't be anywhere near um, what the likes of Jota had made or or, right. or that he's made. So you kind of think of him as being somebody that's maybe ready to make that claim for the first team jersey. Um, but if he's been linked away, and it's all very well a, a club being interested in him, but whether or not he's interested in in going there, I don't know. I don't know if that would be where he would see his next move. Is he, I'm sure he's been one of the ones that's maybe in a, uh, a in a badly translated magazine has said that he wants to play in the, the Premier League. Yeah, Liverpool, thank you. Yeah, do you, do you go over there to Turkey first of all and then make the move to England or do you do you hope to get the direct route? Like, does he use Fenerbahce as, a, as, as Van Dyke used Southampton or, you know, a sort of stepping stone to the to the to a higher level. I don't know. It depends whether or not he likes like living in Glasgow and likes Brendan Rodgers as the new manager. Who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he left, just given the the level of rumor and and media scrutiny over his transfer would lead you to believe that he's probably going to go. But I'd like to be. I'd like. I, I think he's got a lot to develop. 
and it would be good to see him develop under under Brendan Rodgers particularly because mm-hmm. you'd like to think you'd like to think that Abada could be a similar you know a, a player that Brendan Rodgers would sort of take like he did um, first time round and take a lot of those players and and really move them up a, a level because um, the, the, the proof's there he did it he did it with many players in 2016 2017 there was players that um, really found different levels to their game un- under him and, and who's to say that Abada wouldn't do that Haksibanovic who you mentioned I, I like Haksibanovic I think there's, there's, there's a gallusness about him I've said before he reminds me of uh, guys to be at school with um, John Connolly and I, I, he really needs a big moment See if he see if by December he hasn't had a big goal, i.e. in the Champions League mm. or Rangers or something like that. Then I'm sorry to say, but there's a massive question mark then over him. I, I, I think, and I don't think that's harsh to say because been here long enough now to have staked a claim. He's got a fresh um, start underneath a new manager, uh, and you just he, he he always is always on the periphery of games. Like looks like he's threatening to do something and it doesn't quite come off. So yeah, I think you need those big moments. Look how many big moments Jota had. You need the big moments. You're right. <laughs> I mean, even in a, even in a defeat, he scored a free kick against Real Madrid. Um, we've not had anything really. Haksibanovic obviously has scored goals. There's no doubt about it, and he can score goals. But you need them. You really need them to do them. Have it at the, at the highest level possible, which is. Champions League or scoring in the, the absolute crucial games against our nearest and dearest. <laughs> now, by the way, on the flip side of that, because Jota did that time and time again last season, um, what he also brought to his game was, you know, a game against St. Min where we were really struggling to break them down away from home. And Jota was a guy that scored a really ugly goal to do it. And it didn't matter because he, he was digging in. Do I see that from Haksibanovic when the chips are down? Who are you looking at on the pitch to actually turn it round? Who's going to be the game changer here? I've not seen it yet, JP. So you know, well, I take the, the chance he had against Rangers where he, he was played clean through at Hamden, and I know he was like, "I'll do it the next time." There's always a next time. And it's like, well, you better do it the next time because I, I, I don't think I don't think Brendan Rodgers will um, will will. Sort of not put up with, but I don't think he'll entertain a player that's not doing the business for him. Put it that way. Yeah, you've got to come up, especially in a in a wide position where you'll be looking for him to do some serious damage. And right now, his his damage is kind of minimal. He's not he's not flattened anybody yet. No, absolutely. And again, you can persevere with players, but you said at the very beginning there when you were making your point, he's been here long enough. Right, so you're you're thinking to yourself, unless there's going to be a real impact on him being managed by Rogers, then he's one of the players that we'll probably be discussing at some stage this season, Haksibanovic, because you know football moves on so quickly, JP, and you can't, you just cannot stand still as a player because before you know it, you're you're out of the you're out of the loop. But you're right in what you said about Abada. Uh, if you want to compare his two seasons, even because obviously you look at the appearances, 101 appearances um, already for Celtic, 28 goals, 20 assists. But in terms of minutes, in his first season, he played uh, 3,296 minutes compared to 2,079 minutes in his second season. So he played a lot less football last season, um, but he's got a goal contribution over the piece every 112 minutes. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think it's time for him to step out of Jota's shadow rather than just go for the first offer that comes in for him, be that Fenerbahce. If his ambitions to play in the EPL, you know what? We can give you that gateway. Celtic can give you the gateway to the EPL. Uh, you don't have to go to Turkey to get that move. So I would like to see him developing under Brendan Rodgers. There were regrets from at least Ryan Christie from those who left us, you know, quite soon after uh, Postacoglu came in. Uh, Christie says that he would have liked to have worked with Postacoglu from what he's seen. I personally think that Christie would have worked brilliantly under Postacoglu. And I think Abada will, will work really, really well under Rodgers as well. Talking of positives, because we didn't want it to be doom and gloom, um, the other two players I, I want to mention are Rio Atati and, and um, Matt O'Reilly from yesterday's game. And I know there's some people who might think that a certain player goes under the radar from time to time, i.e. Callum McGregor, etc. But Rio Atati yesterday, I was speaking about him and I, and I said that, you know, 
sometimes players just gradually, you know, improve season on season. I think the level of improvement from season one to season two was astonishing under Ange Postacoglu for Hatati. And I know this is only one game, but I'm looking at him yesterday thinking, you know, he orchestrated the whole game yesterday, JP. And and if he can make another step up, another incremental improvement next season, he's taking him, he's taking himself into a different realm in terms of his ability and where he can go in football. It worries me to a degree, because going back to what you said, once you hit that point, you're no longer at Celtic. So it does worry me to a degree. But I think that, you know, I'm resigned to losing at least one. And I'm basing that on Posta Coglu telling us we're going to lose one or two. One's already left the building. I hope to God it's no real Atati because we simply could not replace this boy, I don't think. Nah, he, uh, he's he's definitely going to go for serious money. I mean, I read a, I read a tweet last night and fair enough, it was just a tweet by a fan, but it was um, a fan of our, one a fan of our nearest and dearest uh, who was predicting twenty million for Nico Raskan, and uh, you're just like, maybe he will go for big money. But what are you basing that on? You're basing it on a handful of games. Mm-hmm. I, I I think we are entitled to genuinely talk about Hitati for big money based on what we've seen of him and what we are seeing of him. Like I don't understand how there's that immediate kind of, all right, he's going to go for X money and this is our model and everything else. It's like, I okay, fair enough. Like you might, you might actually, over the course of next season, he might prove to be a standout performer who plays well in Europe if if they get to the Champions League or, or Europa League or whatever. But I really don't know how they can base that on, on, on a handful of performances. When Hatati came in, everyone went mental about him. I don't think any... I don't remember anybody saying he's going to go for twenty million, but I remember everyone saying this this guy's amazing and we've we, we won a watch and this is like Maravchik and everything else because he scored against Hearts. Remember the the raker from like twenty five thirty yards or whatever. And I I at that time and I remember saying it on here because people commented and been like, "What are you talking about? You don't know football and all that." And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just trying to sort of dampen down the enthusiasm. I said he's very very good. But I don't, I don't see this like immediate world beater. But I've watched them develop, like we all have, mm-hmm. and become a player that you can talk about in those terms. I think now, um, and that that's based on performances consistently over a period of time, rather than just being like what they're saying. Oh, he's played like five or six games, world beater. He'll be at Real Madrid and all that. Enjoy him while he's here and all this sort of stuff. It's like no. I think I think our basis on Hatati can be fair uh, in terms of what we think or uh, he might or might not do. I'd like to see him stay for well at least another season. If if we do get him for another full season, I think we'll be very very fortunate because players just he started football late and time is not going to be there for him forever. Do you know what I mean? He's already what is he twenty. Four twenty-five. Yeah, it's, it's deceiving because you, you I, I don't tend to think of him as being as, uh, you know, the same age as Maeda, for example. Um, yeah. Because he did come into senior football a, a lot later in terms of British football or European football, but it's normal in Japan, isn't it? Because, right. you know, but you're right. And, and by the way, the levels that he can hit, um, he's hitting them. This is the thing, right? Because you've got a lot of promise for players, JP, and then, they either plateau or they tail off. A lot of the time, that's what happens. And you can go back on um, a lot of these these broadcasts that we've done. Um, I think we were we were bigging up Haksabanovic last season, uh, November time. You can just look at the headlines. And by the way, they're out there, so we don't change that because that's where we are in the, in the moment. We're talking about it. Um, but you were, I remember saying, you know, temper your enthusiasm here because, uh, you know, it's very early days. But I think what's happened since then is Hatati has, has improved unbelievably as a footballer um, you can see how physically um, he's improved he's so much more imposing than he was when he first came in JP and yesterday what I noticed about him was um, the, the use of his body you know just getting in front of players like using it legitimately but using it to to shield the ball and, um, and and to change direction which he's unbelievable at you know the way that he changes direction he could be facing his own goal before you know it 
He's facing the opposition's goal and he's already picked out a pass. He tries a difficult thing. So sometimes the passes end up, you know, swerving out the park. But um, when they come oh, off, they're on the pass you're talking about when he tried to hit it with the outside his foot right through the entire midfield. I, I saw that. And he t- he t- as soon as it left his foot, I was like, I-, I can totally see what he's trying to do there. He was trying to thread it through to a badder. Mm-hmm. And he's got that brain. And the best thing, the, the, the most obvious compliment you can pay him is that he is a first team player at Celtic. That jersey's his. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting that jersey off for Tati. Like, if people are naming their starting lineups for Celtic with that current squad and with the squad that's been there <coughs> the last year and a half, he's in it. He's a, he's he's in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. You'd be mad to not have Hatati if you're picking a Celtic starting lineup. I, I I don't know what game you're watching. Um, and as for combined livings and everything else, if somebody else is in there over Real Hatati, then <laughs> I'd like to know who that player is. I know. Um, you know the you know the, the colour of their tinted spectacles, if yeah. that's the case. Stephen Ray comes in. Welcome to the show, Stephen. If you are watching on YouTube and you want to comment, all you need to do is subscribe to the channel. Give us a big thumbs up while you're in there as well. The positives were Maeda as striker and Abada. Totally agree with that. Negatives, if people didn't already know, is the defence, including the goalie, needs upgraded. With uh, Johnson and Carter Vickers, it's miles uh, off UCL level. Yeah, I, I get that. And I know that we are in for a, or I say we're in for, apparently we are interested in a central defender by the name of Xavier Buyama or Buyamba. And um, again, according to Stephen McGowan, this is a Stephen McGowan appreciation pod, this one. Um, he's a 21-year-old centre-back, Dutch, playing currently for Volendam. He's, he can also play right back. And he came through the Barcelona and Chelsea youth systems. He's played 41 first-team games in Dutch football. Um, so I'm pretty sure there is a, a short and a long list of centre-halves that Brennan Rodgers is interested in. Um, he could well be one of them. A lot of the time, these names come and go very quickly, JP. Now, I know we're running out of time. It's been a while since we chatted, which is why you and I you know, take a subject and probably end up going down the rabbit hole or indeed going on a tangent. But there is a jersey over your shoulder. And the reason I think this is so relevant this week is, well, first of all, Tell us about the jersey. For anybody who's not into Hacienda, factory records, etc., tell us a wee bit about that jersey. Well, I, I I just thought I'd put it up because there's been the chat this week about the Celtic third jersey being inspired by the, the bright lights of the Glasgow music scene. And by the way, I do like that third jersey, as I do all the, the strips. This I've not got uh, gripes with any of them. I think they're all... Uh, smart, but like the Manchester, it's where I was born. I'll, I absolutely love Hacienda, Factory Records, Folklore, Tony Wilson, everything about that um, time is, um, is is kind of, I, I, don't, I don't think the world would be the same without Tony Wilson and Factory Records and the Hacienda. I just don't think music would be the same. I think there was such a seismic shift in everything as a result of club culture that came out of Manchester and there's many people that have got a lot uh, more uh, intelligence on the subject than me that have said that, guys like Andy Weatherall and um, you know, Carl Cox, all the, all the bands and uh, things that were inspired, bands that were inspired by the Hacienda and that came out of there like the Mondays, the Roses mm. all of that and I, yeah, I got that top couple of years ago um, just because I thought it's really cool it's like a football top and music so you can't really I know there's a lot of social recluse stuff that goes on with that as well so uh, I like I like all that stuff but as an actual umbro like Hacienda factory records top so it's a classic and that is actually inspired by music <laughs> there's no, no there's, right. there's yeah. no tenuous links no, um, you're right you're right and it's um, use hearing protection isn't it it was from uh, New Order Release yep. designed mm-hmm. by uh, Peter Saville, who mm-hmm. was virtually a, an in-house uh, designer for Factory f- for a period. And you you look at that and you think, well, if that's the home kit, the away one would basically just be you just flip the yellow for the black, and it would, it would still look yeah. amazing. I think there is a yellow one as well. I yeah. I think oh, so. superb! No, listen, I totally agree with you. I, I'm pretty sure that the 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 press release came after. Um, the design rather than the other way about JP mm. because I, I look at that and I think it's a, I really like it I really it could possibly be 
associated with the um, the vibrant Glasgow nightlife and music scene. However, it was good to see Big Bems as part of the, the promo at campaign. The battle, yeah. At the battle, and they launched it. That, well, I saw this uh, behind-the-scenes video, and there was obviously... I don't think... You couldn't really tell from the photo shoot that they were at the battle, and, but when you saw the behind-the-scenes stuff, they were in the stairwells and all that with the old all the old posters that have been there for years, like Utah Saints on the wall and Public Enemy and stuff like that. So it's quite quite surreal to see Rayo Hatati posing next to, I don't know, new fast automatic daffodils <laughs> playing at the back of the unstoppable sex machine. Yeah, Listen, yeah. there is a link actually between Factory Records and my next subject because um, you'll, you'll know of the Deruti column, uh, JP, mm-hmm. and the, my favourite version of all time of the fields of Athen Rye was actually recorded by the Deruti column. It's phenomenal. No. Seek I it do. out. Seek Did it not out. know that existed. <laughs> Type it in YouTube. You will not be disappointed. Female vocalist, the works. Mm. Um, the reason I bring up the fields, I mentioned last week that Aslan are actually releasing their version of the fields of Athen Rye today. Uh, it is their last recording that features their dearly departed frontman, Christy Dignam. So um, a lot of a lot of the older heads will have been into Aslan, I'm sure, back in the 80s. And, um, you know, they were uh, basically the band that a lot of people thought would become what U2 became. Um, mm-hmm. But due to other issues, they were maybe a bit too punk rock. It didn't quite happen to that level. But, I mean, right up until fairly recently, they were still touring. I've I seen them in Edinburgh a few years back maybe about two or three years ago. And uh, yeah, so the final release with Christy is going to be The Fields of Athen Rye. It's released today. Check it out. I noticed that the links, I shared the links actually earlier on today. But it did bring me back to The Fields and my relationship personally with that particular song. It's a song I still love, JP. And I, I think back to um, my mum and my old granny used to go to knock with a chapel every year. Mm-hmm. Right, there's probably people listening that's going, oh, that's the same with my mother and all this, but uh, they would go with Saint Serfs and High Valleyfield. They would go with the the pineapple every year, go to uh, knock, and they would come back with loads of great Irish gifts. It was unbelievable, and I remember it, just after the World Cup in Italy, right, they came back with loads of stuff. It was, I had the home opal strip, the the works, big posters with Pat Bonner at Italia ninety, but they had this week cassette. JP, and it was just Irish ballads, right? And there was a version of The Fields of Athen Rye on this cassette. First time I ever heard it, 1990. First time I ever heard the song. Fell in love with it. and it, But I personally can't remember hearing it, although I know it was being sung at Celtic Park before the example I'm going to give you. I can't remember hearing it until the Hamden season. I remember it being sung against Dundee United. We beat them 2-1. Tony Mobley scored a last-minute goal. First goal was scored by Andy Walker. Jaron Nixon scored for Dundee United. You'll remember Ivan Golak saying he was a £40 million player. Huh. No, no sure where he went after that. But the fuels after I've always loved it. It was 12. Let's not embellish it. It was definitely 12. But what I've done there is I've used the converter of time. And, you know, it's now 40 million. And right. the next time I mention that story, it'll become 45. That that was my kind of relationship with Fuels, and I love it. But as I say, to this point, Deruti column have recorded my favourite version of it, Aslan. Aslan's version comes out today. What's your thoughts on the Fields? Because it is a song, obviously, it's been in the songbook since the 80s, as far as quite a few people have said to me, um, kind of late 80s, that's when we started singing it. I love it. Well, weirdly, my dad, who was English, um, born in Bradford, um, came up to live in Scotland in 82, 83, after I was born in, in Manchester. So he, he loved Irish music. Like, not maybe some of the songs that we would hear, uh, and uh, on, on supporters buses and things like that, but like he did, he did love, you know, things like uh, Clanad. Uh, he was a big fan of Clanad, and but he also loved like he had like an uh, a vinyl of Irish folk songs, say, and Paddy Riley's Fields of Athen Rye was 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 on that, and he used to play it all the time, and I'd be like. Dad, turn that off. That's rubbish. Like, <laughs> it, like I, I, I was a wee boy. I was like seven, eight. You know, I, I was pre my obsession with Celtic, and I certainly wouldn't have had any idea about Celtic singing it, Celtic fans singing it. And he would always 
he genuinely would always point the Fields of Athenry was his favourite. And it wasn't because it was associated with Celtic. He just loved the song. I think he just thought it was a really beautiful song. And then when I started going to the games, and like you said, I, I don't recall, it was so early in my support in Celtic life, I don't recall when it was started. But I do remember like starting to sing it at games and then realising that it was the same song that my dad would play that I would tell him to switch off or be like, oh, why are you playing that old fuddy-duddy music or whatever? And then I found myself dropping the needle on that same Irish uh, vinyl that he had and, and listening to it because that was the, the original and it was the original that they would play at Celtic Park. It was the same exact version that they would play at Celtic Park um, that, that, that I would listen to, that I, could, that I could listen to at home. And obviously that's way before you had access to... Uh, CDs or Spotify or anything like that so that was my only way of listening to that song at home on my dad's old stereo so uh, it means a hell of a lot to me um, and anytime I hear it at Celtic Park I kind of I look up and I think of my dad um, and, I, and I saw that clip of um, it was Paddy Riley I think uh, in, a, in a pub with Glenn Hansard the, the, the phrase yes yep. and and they're just singing it at like a table in a bar, and it's it's, it's unbelievable. I'm sure it was. Was that the wrote? funeral of Pete St John? I think that That's was. It. Yeah, That's it. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was the funeral of, of, of Pete St John's. I, can't, I forget where um, in Ireland, but they're just. You could tell they've obviously kind of said to him, "Well, how about you do this to Paddy Riley?" And then he's, I mean, he's an old man. And he's just sitting at the table. He's not belting it out. It's kind of hushed. But it's that classic way in an Irish bar when songs start in the corner of a pub or whatever. And but it's with him and the Glen Hansard, and then you can tell everybody it's round about is all like we're witnessing a really special moment here. Um, and of course it was. And um, bye. It's it's a, a great great song. It's a special and, song, JP. Yeah. Great memories, and I'm going to have to go and listen to that uh, that version because I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. I've seen it on the socials, mm-hmm. and. Um, for my part, I would I would urge you to go and listen to the Deruti column. Oh, yeah. yeah. The song as well. A um, couple of minutes to go. We have covered quite a bit, but as always, there's loads more to cover, and we'll be covering that uh, tomorrow as well. Um, in relation to the new buys, um, there's been some information <laughs> in relation to Quan and Yang. There was probably, I said before, I'm just surmising, there was probably a plan to... Um, you know, unveil them when we were in South Korea, JP. It's not happening. They're not going to join the Japanese tour either. So uh, they are jetting in, to use that term again, to Glasgow and uh, all the deals and everything will be done then. But I am looking forward to the first signing from Brendan Rogers, I guess. And you'll be able to identify it, I'm sure, as well. One last thing before we go. Lanefli Town, who obviously we signed Jockstein from, have released uh, their own version of the green and white hoops have you seen that the announcement I, I, I saw a post which was kind of I, I guess must have been the, the precursor to the announcement you know it was just like this uh, coming soon or whatever but I've not seen the actual strip I, I take it it's uh, smart Aye, they've, they've no messed with the hoops that's what yeah. the, that should always be in the design brief don't mess with the hoops um, there been a few comments yesterday on the, on the strip folk going do you know what it's actually not as bad. I don't know. I don't understand what the big uh, furore was over, and I was like, "Well, I, I, neither do I." I'm glad people are are sort of calming down a little bit. I'm obviously there was still plenty of comments slagging it, and I'm led to believe that the sales probably haven't been as good as other Celtic strips. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not a news flash, really, is it? That that, that that's the case. But I mean, it's one season. I, I, I hardly think we're going to be. Uh, I, I think they'll probably sell more as a, a instead of like an initial burst. You'll probably find people just start picking it up in September, October, November when they're like, "Oh, I've got last season's strip. This season one's not too bad. Oh, I'll just get it," and and the sales will just keep up a bit. So. Like in the, in the old days where a film could bomb at the box office, but then the VHS sales always kind of like made that resurge like the Shawshank Redemption because that didn't do well at the box office at the cinema. And it was, yeah. it was the VHS sales. So I get what you mean, but you know what? You know what? I'm a traditionalist, JP. I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> I think what next? Are they going to change it to zigzags next season? Have we given them the run no. of the place? 
They'll dig out the Gola design. Oh, do not do that, please. One final point, Ridiculizer comes in, too much sentimentality for dressing room cheerleaders. I agree with that. Um, I, I mentioned the stats, actually, on McCarthy. If you were to break it down in minutes, JP, when we signed him as a 30-year-old, he had played the equivalent of nine games of football a season for the previous five years. That, that was his stats when we signed him, and we gave him a five-year deal. And since he's come to Celtic, he's played the equivalent of fewer than five 90 minutes games of football over two seasons. That's horrendous. I mean, shocking. You can't you can't dress that up any other way. There's nobody that can argue the case for that in, in any way. And and I, I'm in no way saying that we should keep McCarthy uh, because he's good in the dressing room and like that. I hope that that comment didn't apply to Joe Hart because I don't. I think Joe Hart's more than that. I don't <laughs> think. I don't think he's just a good guy in the dressing room. I think he's a he's a good keeper and. Let's, as Brendan Rogers said, let's talk about stuff in May. And if, if we're sitting here in May and Joe Hart has got a champions uh, a champions medal around his neck, more than one, then uh, I think you can safely say he's he's done a job. Um, if things uh, things pan out differently, then yeah, fair play. But I, 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 I just don't see him not being the number one keeper this season. I'd be very very surprised if he's not. We'll see what happens. We will. JP, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the chat on this Thursday afternoon. Thank you, every single person who has commented. If you want to comment in the future, all you need to do is subscribe to the channel. Give us a big thumbs up. And if you want to come along to our next live event, it's a week tomorrow. It's with Roy Aiken, and it's at Glasgow um, Barra's Art and Design. Really looking forward to that one. A, a hero of mine from my youth. So just to meet him is going to be an absolute pleasure. To be able to share a stage with him is going to be mind-blowing. So I'm looking forward to that. All that's left for me to say, JP Mason, once again, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Yes, Podcast Network.